You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. It's Mella Borowski. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Bell, Book, and Candle. I've got a couple episodes about the Yuletide season for you. And this particular episode is going to be all about the origins of these winter holidays. Every culture has some sort of winter holidays. Many, if not most, religions as well. And we can think about Christmas, Hanukkah, Three Kings Day, Krampusnacht, Las Posadas, Eid El Uda, Winter Solstice, Yule, St. Lucia's Day, St. Nicholas Day, Kwanzaa, Diwali, Omisoka, Boxing Day, The Longest Night, Pancha Ganapati, Modra Night, which is Mother's Night, um, Saturnalia. That's just to name a few. Most winter holidays, no matter where they're from, have a root of celebrating light or the return of light of the winter solstice time. Many have gift giving and rituals of warmth and healing. Yule or winter solstice is when we celebrate the return of light. The battle of the Holly King and the Oak King occurs. The Holly King is old and graying and he represents the darkness. The Oak King, young and strong, is able to defeat him, representing the light. In fact, just in case you aren't familiar, let's hear the story. The Battle of the Oak and Holly Kings by Rachel Schmidt A rivalry many centuries old since ancient times the tales were told of two great kings one dark and one light who twice a year would heroically fight the holly king the darker one ruled the winter the dimming sun while the king of oak was vibrant and bright he reigned over summer the sun's growing light at yule they would battle "'Twas an inspiring scene, and the victory would go to the mighty Oak King. "'But at midsummer's time, with the sun at its peak, the Holly King would win. "'The Oak King grew weak, and so it went on year after year, "'and the story was told to all who could hear. "'So honor the Oak King in summer, when the sun's light is warm, "'and the Holly King in winter, and the swirling snowstorms.'" look at the origins for these holidays. And as expected, these winter holidays do not originate with Christmas. It goes back a lot longer than that. So 4,000 years ago in Egypt, the birth of the sun god Horus was celebrated. It lasted 12 days. Greenery was used to decorate, especially palm fronds, with exactly 12 fronds. I really think this is cool. They used a 12-month calendar 
and the palm branches with 12 fronds were important because every month a branch produced one frond. So a 12-frond branch had been created for the past 12 months. Now, other cultures seeing the success of the Egyptians adopted their customs, but they changed the names. So the Babylonians called it Zadmuk, and they honored the sun god Marduk. The Persians got in and introduced a time when slaves and masters changed places, and a mock king was crowned. Grudges and debts were forgiven. In the Greek version, we have Zeus and Kronos. And then the Romans took it and replaced Jupiter for Zeus and Saturn for Kronos. To honor Saturn, Saturnalia was created. We actually know a lot about Saturnalia from documented writings. And so many of our current holiday customs come from the ancient pagan Saturnalia celebrations of the early Romans. Saturn was the Roman god of agriculture and time, and the celebration came from even more ancient rituals related to farming and winter solstice, including giving sacrifices to the gods. Saturnalia began on December 17th and could be as long as a week-long holiday. Now, Saturnalia was a huge affair, incorporating many of the other traditions that had passed on from other cultures. All businesses were closed, school, any type of government was closed, decorations of wreaths of greenery were put up, people dressed in colorful clothing special for the holiday, and they spent their days feasting and gaming. They were gambling and singing songs and playing music. They were drinking and giving each other gifts. Everyone was equal at this time. Both slaves and masters dressed alike. They wore the same hats on their head, and masters would often serve their slaves. At one point, yes, there were human sacrifices, including gladiatorial games, which were considered the blood sacrifice of that particular time. But this eventually became symbolic, and instead of an actual sacrifice, little terracotta figurines would be given as gifts to each other. Grudges and debts were forgiven. A lord of misrule would be chosen. Someone usually from lower status, who then bossed everyone around for the day. There were lots of activities with lights and fires and decorations, gift giving, feasting. Does this sound familiar? The traditional greeting was, Yo Saturnalia! prayer from a Saturnalia ritual from the Temple of Athena blog on WordPress. Hail great Saturnus, first king of the world, father of mighty Jupiter. Under Saturn's rule, it was a golden age. There was no war, no weapons, no need to lock your house at night, no need for laws or governance. The earth yielded her bounty of her own accord, and people shared in goodwill with no greed or avarice. When Jupiter conquered, the Silver Age began, and the Earth began to withhold her gifts. Exiled Saturn, overthrown, who came to Italia in secret, hiding from his son. He who ruled Romans before there was a Rome. 
It was Saturn who taught the native Latins the way of the plow, who established the cycles of planting, nurturing, reaping, and planting again. Jovial Saturn gave his knowledge freely, making life easier for mortal kind. The time of Saturnalia is the best of days, a short reliving of the golden age, when goodwill and abundance floods the hearts of man. And we must not forget up Saturn's bountiful bride. The first day of Saturnalia belongs to her, the Opalia, plentiful goddess, lady of all grains, she who feeds the world. We honor you also, for although Saturn taught us the techniques of agriculture, without you, there would be nothing to grow. Since then, that when the Romans adopted Christianity, that ancient Roman traditions would be incorporated into their Christian practices. To really understand, it's good to look at some historical context. In 313 CE, the Emperor Constantine issued the Edict of Milan, which gave religious freedom to a lot of different religions, including Christianity. In 325, Constantine and Christian leaders created the Nicene Creed, a code of beliefs. But it wasn't until 380 CE that the Emperor Theodosius made Nicene Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire with the Edict of Thessalonica. So it was not an overnight shift in beliefs. Christianity was crafted from Jewish traditions, from Roman traditions and culture over hundreds of years. I think that it's interesting that the title for the leader of the Roman Catholic Church, the Pope, comes from the ancient Roman word for a high priest, Pontifex Maximus. So let's get back to Christmas and the winter holidays. We are probably familiar with December 25th being Christmas, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. When I attended Bible college in the early 90s, that was the first time that I had heard that theologians actually think Jesus was born in the spring. So why do Christians celebrate the birth of Christ in December? Well, we have this Roman celebration of Saturnalia ingrained in the Roman peoples for centuries around the time of winter solstice, which comes from even more ancient practices. So as we've seen happen so many times with other cultures, the leaders of the church rebranded Saturnalia as Christmas, and they set December 25th as Christ's birth. December 25th had been celebrated as the birth of Sol Invictus, a sun god. So it fit. I really like something I read somewhere that said Jesus isn't the reason for the season, just a reason. This is the Yule Prayer to the Sun Gods by Patty Wigington from the article 12 Pagan Prayers for Yule. Great Sun, Wheel of Fire, Sun God in your glory, hear me as I honor you on this, the shortest day of the year. Summer has gone, passed us by, the fields are dead and cold, all of earth sleeps in your absence. 
even in the darkest times, you light the way for those who need a beacon of hope, of brightness shining in the night. Winter is here and the colder days coming. The fields are bare and the livestock thin. We light these candles in your honor that you might gather your strength and bring life back to the world. Almighty sun above us, we ask you to return to bring back to us the light and the warmth of your fire. Bring life back to earth. Bring light back to earth. Hail the sun. this time, the 4th century, these Christian leaders had realized it left out an important part of pagan beliefs, which might be why some of their citizens were resisting conversion. Paganism revolved around cycles, including birth, death, and rebirth. Up to this point, Christianity focused on the death and rebirth of Jesus, not his birth. They had nothing to compare to the popular mother goddesses that pagans loved. So, poof, they brought in a mother goddess, in a sense, in the Virgin Mary, mother of Christ. They called her Queen of Heaven, which is a title that Isis, an Egyptian goddess, held. Perhaps this was a way of getting those pesky Roman pagans who were resisting the change of the state religion to see, hey, look, we can still have fun as Christians. We've got all the fun Saturnalia stuff. Plus, if you realize, hardly anyone could read they were exclaiming a celebration of the birth of the sun, S-O-N. People might just assume that it was about the birth of the sun, S-U-N, already a part of solstice celebrations. And there you have it, Christmas is born. With the transformation of Saturnalia into Christmas, complete with all the gift giving, candle lighting, feasting, gaming, singing, and drinking you can handle. Winter Solstice Sonnet, written by me in 2003. Awake, life calls to sleeping sun. The darkness holds us, gripping tight. The longest evening has begun. Prepare, sun's birth from darkest night. Behold the tree of yuletide joy, all decked in ribbons green and red. Snow angels flock, goodwill employ, the waiting beasts will all be fed. The old will die, new life we greet upon this frosty winter's eve. Good friends rejoice, together meet, in peace we all share this belief. Awake, life calls to sleeping sun, death's night has passed, new life has won. talk about some specific symbols of the season and where they came from. So let's start with bells. The ancient pagans would use bells to drive away the demons of the cold and the dark. And Holly, this is what I'm using to decorate for Yule in my home in 2020. It's been a rough year and a Yule tree just wasn't in the budget this year. So greenery that I gathered out in the woods 
and beside my house is what we have. Holly is a great symbol of rebirth with its bright green leaves and red berries in the midst of winter, with winter symbolizing death. It's been used as a protection against negative entities as well as terrible weather. I have a female holly by my house that when we cleared the land we did not cut down, but my mother whose land is behind me has a male holly out in her woods. You can tell if your holly tree is male or female because the female trees have the berries. There's a tradition that says that whatever variety you bring in the house first at the winter holidays shows who's going to rule the roost the next year. So I'm going to tell you right now, 2021 is going to be the year of Mella in the Borowski household. And y'all can let my husband and the others in my household know. So candles, fire, anything with fire is going to be about the sun, the light of the sun, the warmth of the sun. And fire takes away the winter's chill. So it was all about light. And some people even thought that lighting candles would urge the sun back into the sky. Now let's talk about candy canes. Peppermint leaf or tea has been a winter tradition for a long time, but it was actually an American candy maker that created the candy cane. The white symbolized the virgin birth, and it's shaped into a J for Jesus, and the red stripe symbolized Jesus' blood. And I read somewhere, and I can't remember where, but that candy canes would be given to children in church services to kind of keep them quiet. Carols came from the Catholic Church in the 4th century, but they grew from there. And in the 19th century, carols became more secular. Before that, they were pretty much strictly religious. Christmas cards. So in England in 1843, an artist designed a card and printed a thousand copies. And in 1875 in America, Lewis Pring printed some cards in Massachusetts and Pring began card design contests and from 1875 onward, the tradition swept America. Now the wreath. Circles are great symbols of the cycle of life and death and rebirth, everlasting sort of thing, but it also can symbolize the sun. Greeks used the wreath in their celebrations and then the Romans did as well during Saturnalia. The Romans would also use wreaths to give us gifts to symbolize the never-ending qualities of friendship and goodwill. So wreaths are one of those things that we see all over and they are definitely pagan in origin. Now evergreens, this goes back to the most ancient of festivals as they never lose their green that ancient people thought evergreens had power over death and could defeat the winter demons and urge the sun to come back. Mistletoe is a popular symbol um, of the holidays. It was very important to the Druids, but it probably even went back further than that to the Greeks, which they used them in their winter ceremonies. Druids saw mistletoe as a fertility symbol, and it was it's very important to Druids for many reasons. As for kissing under it, that has a Norse origin, as Frigg, mother of Baldr, loved Baldr so much that she made a pact with the four elements that nothing in the realm would hurt him. Loki and his mischief made an arrow of mistletoe and had Baldr's blind brother shoot the arrow, which killed Baldr. 
Frigg's tears brought him back to life, and she was so happy that she called mistletoe a plant of luck, love, and promise. So people kissed beneath it to receive the blessing of the goddess Frigg. Let's talk about Santa Claus. So Santa Claus um, has counterparts all over the world, but there is a lot of evidence that the idea of Santa Claus came from Odin, the god Odin. Um, He was a god that flew around on an eight-legged horse, eight reindeer, that's what Santa has. He was magical. He had two ravens that brought him back all the happenings in the world, which is how he knew who was naughty and who was nice. And he was also called the King of Elves. And the elves would build magical items for him. Now, if that doesn't sound like Santa Claus, I don't know what does. Now, Santa coming down the chimney came from England. Uh, The pilgrims brought it to America. In um, Germany and in Scandinavia, Santas don't, their type of Santa, Father Christmas, all the various names, they don't come down the chimney. They can just leave them at the door. Snowflake. Now that's an interesting symbol. And of course you think about winter, you do think about snow. But there's also a legend that snowflakes came from the tears shed by the goddess Demeter when her daughter Persephone would descend into the underworld each year. So I hope that this has been interesting and that you have kind of gained some information about the origins of the winter holidays. Um, Next episode, we're going to talk about ways that we as pagans can celebrate Yule and winter solstice. And I'm going to give you a lot of ideas about that. Thank you so much for um, being here with me. And if you're listening to this on December 16th, 2020, then know that tomorrow starts Saturnalia. Now, with all the knowledge that you've gained about Saturnalia, is there anything that you are going to do for the origins of Christmas and Yule and a lot of the holidays that are going on? Y'all be blessed and I'll see you again soon. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at BellBookCandleSC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash BellBookCandle.